Welcome back to season two of the Ivy League Prep Academy podcast, equipping you to successfully pursue the college of your dreams. We believe everyone deserves to reach their full potential and the admissions process shouldn't hold you back. What an interesting and perhaps strange topic. What on earth do super chickens or any kind of chickens have to do with leadership? Uh, I am really excited for this masterclass, for this discussion, because I get this question a lot, right? What happens if your son or daughter is introverted? What happens if they're shy? What happens if they really worked their heart out? They tried so hard, but they didn't become the student body president. They didn't become the team captain. They didn't get to become the leader in whatever organization that they really wanted to be. What hope do they have now of getting into college? How do we demonstrate leadership if we're not the student body president, if we're not the uh, president, the leader, the captain of the team, right? And the good news is there are much better ways to demonstrate leadership than even becoming student body president or the captain of the biggest team on the school. Uh, There are better ways to demonstrate leadership that do not require you be extroverted, that you be uh, anything other than what you already are. Okay, so the best college prep, as we've talked about before, does not encourage you to try to copy someone else. It does not ask you to become the best of what someone else can be. It does not ask you to try to mask who you really are to create the facade of what you think admissions officers are looking for. The best college prep does none of that. In fact, that's really toxic, that's really unhealthy, and it's really ineffective college prep. The best college prep just asks you to be the best version of who you are. But of course, in order to do that, we need to know how to communicate who you are at your best, right? And so that is what the kind of master message is here. And today we're talking about leadership inside that context of this idea that the best college prep is absolutely pulling out the best of who you are and just buying in 100% to who you really choose to be and being the best version of you. All right. And so uh, to get started, we did a, a very, I guess, unscientific survey. I did this survey on on Harvard's campus because the the lesson that I'm going to share with you today is actually something that was part of a leadership class that I teach as a teaching fellow at Harvard every year. Um, And we did this little survey. And so if if I were to ask you, what are the things that come to mind? What What are the words that you would consider to be representative of leadership? What are the things that you think of when you think about leadership? And if you can, just type into the chat. Okay, we've got passion. Awesome, Brianna, good to see you here. Uh, And then we've got clearly one of my students, impact. Okay. All right, these are really, really good. So in our unofficial survey, and keep them coming, keep them coming, because there are more words that we can have, encouragement or encouraging. Uh, One of the the, the most common word that we heard, productivity, productivity. Uh, achievement. I like that initiative, Vivian. Um, encouraging Maya. I love that. Uh, and results. These are the top three words that that uh, students at Harvard gave me in our very, you know, uh, I don't remember. It was just a couple hundred people that we surveyed. The three most common results. How do you how do you recognize a leader? What does a leader produce in a team? Productivity, achievement, and results. 
And so with that, I want to introduce to you a, uh, a study that was done actually quite some time ago. Okay, and here you can see a massive chicken farm. Uh, but William Muir was a professor at uh, Purdue University. He's a, a professor of genetic, uh, genetics. And he did something very, very interesting. Okay, he took, uh, he, he, he says, look, we can understand productivity in a number of different ways, but chickens are excellent way to measure productivity because chickens lay eggs and we can count the eggs. And that makes them a very good research subject. And so what he did is he started with average size groups of chickens, okay? So a flock of chickens, uh, he defined that as 12 chickens. And he started with groups of 12 chickens and there were dozens of groups. So these are hundreds of chickens and I think even thousands of chickens. Uh, but he started, he, he separates them into groups of 12 so that he can recognize who are the high performing chickens here, right? And whichever chickens laid the most eggs, he considered those chickens to be the higher performers. And so over the generations, he pulls out the highest performing chickens and he put those chickens together in high performing groups. And then those groups created the next generation of chickens, right? So only the highest performers were bred for several generations so that he could contrast Right? After several generations, compare these super chickens productivity, the, the chickens that, uh, that only, only the, the highest performing chickens, the ones that laid the most eggs, were allowed to even be in these flocks. And then you breed those chickens to make even you know, the next generation of high performers. And we call those the super chickens. And we contrast their productivity, the number of eggs laid, with average chickens productivity. And I'm curious again, to hear what you think happened. Okay, so I'm just gonna give you 30 seconds. So you gotta give me uh, an answer really quickly. What do you think happened as far as the number of eggs that the super chickens laid versus the average chickens? Okay, so I'm starting the 30 second timer and opening up the chat on my screen. And we've got, someone says the super chickens maybe doubled. Another one said maybe tripled it. Okay, interesting. Uh, another doubled. We've got another vote for super chickens were twice as productive. Only seven more seconds. <laughs> we even got sound effects on this. All right. Uh, Maya says the same. Maybe they ended up being the same. Well, guess what actually happened, you guys? This might shock you because none of you guessed this. The production of the average chickens far, far exceeded the super chicken's production, okay? Now, what on earth could have possibly created that result? That is my next question. I'm giving you a minute here to try to think of what on earth? How is that possible? Now, if you are watching this with your teenager or teens, if you're watching this with a parent or a sibling, go ahead and just chat about it. Uh, and then if you have an answer, type it into the chat. But why? How is that possible? How is the average chickens, the ones who laid less eggs pre before, how are those flocks outperforming the super chickens? And we'll start this timer here as well. All right, so you've got 60 seconds. Type in any answers that you can think of or just discuss it with your partner uh, right wherever you're at in your living room. <laughs>
Okay, so we've got the first answer. Maybe they were inspired by the super chickens. Very anthropomorphic answer. Uh, good, Vivian says the high performers burned out. Interesting, okay. So uh, one group says these average chickens felt bad that they were left out. They, they raised their game. Uh, another, okay, they were pressured by the super chickens. <laughs> they felt the pressure of the competition. I love it. Um, and then Vivian, excellent answer. The high performers or the high achievers burned out. Certainly we can see that in humans. Any other ideas? I love this. I love this. Okay. All right. I'm just checking on Facebook Live as well, just to see if uh, we had some ideas there. So here's what happened, you guys. It turns out the high performers were actually bullies. They bullied their way to the top. So they pecked at the other chickens and pushed them away so they could eat more food. They got the most comfortable positions to lay their eggs. And these, these super chickens, the high achievers, were actually kind of bullying and, and stepping on the backs of the other chickens in order to perform really well. And so when these super chickens got together, they killed each other. Literally, they killed each other. Uh, these groups of 12, flocks of 12 chickens, it was not uncommon for a super chicken flock to end up with three or four chickens remaining out of 12. Okay, I want you to let that sink in just a minute. When we think about how we are framing high school and college prep for our teenagers, whose brains are just developing, we're just figuring out how to challenge, you know, the boundaries that they had clearly been experiencing throughout childhood. And now they're figuring out their place in the world and how they fit in and how they should perform and how they should behave. And just think about this for a second, the approach to college prep that is the super chickens approach. When the super chickens left the flock, the average chickens were now allowed to just cooperate. They didn't have a bully there and they started actually to improve their productivity. They actually laid more eggs than they had previously. And the super chickens, of course, we're laying very few eggs because they were all dead, mostly, okay? Three, three to four out of 12 is not a very good ratio. And we live in a world where super chickens are promoted even though dead chickens don't lay eggs. I mean, I'm, I'm pausing and I'm, I'm moving a little bit slowly right now because I want this to sink in for you teachers, you college counselors, you parents, and even I think many of our teens are certainly mature enough to hear this message and get it right away. Okay? The, the scenario that we have where high school for many people is all about becoming a super chicken, even if it's at the expense of our peers, at the expense of those around us, that's something we ought to be taking very, very seriously. Uh, and it, it makes sense. Let's let's pause for a second and, and get back to how we got here. It absolutely makes sense. In, in the world, not just in the world of college prep, but in the world in general, we want to pull together all the stars. And the idea is, look, let's just get all the superheroes, let's get all the Avengers together on one team. 
and then we're an unbeatable team. Let's get all the stars together and get out of their way so that they can change the world. And certainly there are scenarios where this works, but there are scenarios where this becomes toxic. And what I am arguing, even before we get started here, is that if we're not careful, our college prep becomes very toxic as well. Okay, we become the super chickens scenario. When I shared this with my uh, class at Harvard, um, I highlighted one of the students in that class. Okay, her name was Chloe. And uh, in, in meeting the students earlier on, she said, I, I don't know if this is an exact quote. In fact, I think the way she said it was more profound than this. But this was my memory of her quote. When she was introducing herself uh, in this, it's a class about leadership, you guys. It's a leadership class. And she said, look, I'm, I look for the quiet person in the group, the one who's not being heard, and I try to empower them. And she went on and said, you know, that quiet person oftentimes has the best ideas. It's often that that's the person who knows how to solve this, but they're not being heard and they're not going to speak up unless they're empowered. And I was so inspired by this student and by her, I mean, just such incredible insight. Uh, by the way, if, if this describes you, um, maybe take a screenshot of this for when you apply to college and you want to describe your leadership style, okay? Because this is profound leadership, right? Being proactive about finding the one who's not being heard and empowering that person, um, absolutely profound. Uh, that is leadership, you guys, to be able to find the, the quiet person in the room and to pull out their ideas and empower them. And it is leadership that is missing way too much in way too many arenas, including in high school, all right? And so what if leadership was not only about productivity, achievement, and results, those survey answers that we got from our little unscientific survey? What if it had a whole lot to do with other things like adaptability, empathy, trust? And yeah, we still need results, right? We, of course, we still need results. But wouldn't it be cool if we could adopt this kind of, this healthier approach to leadership that got the same results or better? What if we pull out the bullies from the, the group and our, our chicken flock ends up being more productive? We get better results with greater empathy, adaptability, and trust, right? Wouldn't that be cool? Uh, and it happens all the time, okay? So the case for this is not just in college prep. Think about cancer cells. Cancer cells are far more powerful, far more selfish, far more aggressive, far more everything than regular cells, healthy cells. And uh, cancer cells will, uh, uh, you know, they attack healthy cells. They, they take all the resources and they grow at a far faster pace, and that's why cancer is so deadly. What about the uh, the new manager that comes into the plant, and he, he wants a promotion, and so he starts running the machines to a hundred percent capacity, gives no time for the machines to be serviced, and all of a sudden productivity improves, right? We improve productivity, and the manager gets promoted yet again just before the machines break down. And it appears 
that this super chicken was the cause of the success because as soon as he left that management position, the machines broke down and the productivity is tanked again, right? But we see that happening. That's not unusual. And of course, you know, we see this in admissions, right? We know that uh, for a very long time and even still today in many admissions offices, admissions officers are looking for super chickens. We wanna find the most productive humans. And on its serve, on its face, there's nothing wrong with being productive, right? <laughs> That's great. Uh, there's nothing wrong with look, looking for stars. There's nothing wrong with wanting stars on your team. However, uh, when we push hard to become the super chicken, and part of becoming the super chicken is stepping on the backs of our of our peers pushing them out of the way, which manifests through one question, what's more impressive? And then pushing and fighting and clawing your way to whatever's more impressive. We'll get to this in just a minute. When that becomes the ethos, when that becomes the theme of the four years of high school, then we take what could be a really good metric for gauging how awesome the student is going to be on campus. And that metric may turn really, really uh, counterproductive. That metric may be exactly the opposite. The most productive person may be the least valuable on a college campus. And if you haven't noticed yet, admissions officers, at least at the most selective colleges where they have a choice, where they have plenty of really, really you know, effective, really, really impressive super chicken type uh, applicants, many of these super chickens are rejected. And this is an attempt by the admissions officers to acknowledge what we already know. So let's be clear about what that is. Music for this episode came from We Are Here by Declare P. I'm Steve Gardner. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share with a friend. Thanks for listening.